0: We'll open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. We're going through Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Now, a, an amazing Bible lesson principle I want all of you to know is that every passage of the Bible and section of the Bible has a key theme or a key verse. And when you discover what that is, then all the details around it start to make sense because we've all read through the Bible and people say what what does this mean what am I supposed to do with all this information and Philippians chapter 2 is a great example of this biblical principle now many would say that Philippians 2 3 is the key verse look at that Paul says let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself now i understand what that means but my question is why i understand i should do this but the why is down in verses 12 and 13 paul says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So why should I esteem others better than myself and serve them? It's because God is doing something in me. God is working in me to work out of me His something that is of his good pleasure. Now, notice that this phrase does not say work for your salvation. And you know, that tends to be our automatic mindset. If God, if I want God to work in my life, then he requires me to do something before he'll bless me. Now, we know that that's not true. We know that grace is unmerited favor we've all said that in church at some time or another and yet it is kind of our nature to think but what do I have to do Paul does not say now everyone work for your salvation so that God can bless you he says work out your salvation the title of my study is a good workout That would be more of a a sports or an athletic reference. I know we're not all athletes. Athletes, maybe you are in your own mind. I used to be an athlete. I was a gymnast in the last millennium. Way, a long time ago, I was a gymnast. And I remember the day I showed up at junior high school. I grew up near Los Angeles, And I went out to the area on the campus where there are some kids doing tricks on the bars. I had never seen that before. I had never done any gymnastics before. You know, the moment I saw other kids do it, there was something in me that said, I can do that. I I just knew it was in me to do it. Now, I couldn't automatically do it. It took years to bring out of me what I knew was already in me to do. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about. That God has already put in you every spiritual blessings. And now we, as we go through life and study the word together... We serve one another. It's getting worked out. We are becoming the very person that God has designed us to be. This phrase, work out, carries the meaning of bringing something to its full completion or its full maturity. It's like working out a mathematical problem to its completion. It could be used of, say, a mine that had gold in it. We had to go work the mine to get everything out of it that was in it. The gold's already there. We just have to work it and get it out. Working a field to get a harvest. It's hard. And many times, how many of you have thought, Lord... Why is my life hard? Why can't it just be a little bit easier? Lord, I want to serve you. Could you just make this easy all the time? Now, I know you've prayed that. And you know that, could, that the Lord could do that at any time. I want you to know that. He's not sitting there thinking, well, I'd really like to, like to make your life easier. Uh, but that's a hard one. You are particularly difficult. (laughs) Nothing is hard or easy for God. Hard or easy is us. When we have a really impossible prayer request, the tone of our voice changes. As if we have to work up the emotion. If it's hard for us, God, God, you know how hard this is. He's thinking, no, this is no, this is no big deal. Hard is easy for you. It, hard only it, it refers to you. So if God doesn't make it easy for you, maybe he's doing it for your good. So that you will have the struggle to become the person he has called you to be. I would rather it not be that way. So, this means literally we are like at the gym together. Do you know that phrase when Paul wrote to Timothy uh, in 1 Timothy? He says, I want you to exercise yourself toward godliness. That wasn't just a casual play on words, exercise yourself. Because the literal Greek word he used is gymnazo, which sounds like gymnasium. It is a Greek athletic word. Actually, to be a little bit creepy, the word gymnazo means to exercise naked. So we're not doing that. But you know they did in the Greek culture. They did in the Greek culture. So the gymnasium is what? A place to exercise naked. That's right. We need to have a sense that we are working out. You are getting stretched, you are getting pushed. I want to show up to church tell me something I already know pat me on the back and say God loves me and everything's going to be great I used to be a gymnastics coach and whenever I I coached a club level gymnastics team, girls team and when they show up we didn't work on tricks they already knew how to do we worked on things they couldn't do I would make them do things they were afraid to do. But, you know, I was standing next to the beam to catch them. I remember a day we went to a meet. I had worked with this girl to do a backflip on the beam. And I had always stood there next to her, caught her, pushed her off, saved her life many times. She owes me something, I'm sure. We went to a meet she's warming up at the meet I'm standing next to her like like she's up on the beam and I'm standing next to her she's getting ready to practice this for the for the meet and I just took a couple of steps back away from her she says what are you doing I said this isn't practice anymore I'm not catching you this is the meet I love sports, but here's a secret. I don't like team sports. I personally choose sports where no one is going to bump into me and knock me over. I never play football or basketball or any of those things. I wanted it to be about my skill that I could develop and I could succeed or fail. But don't hit me. Don't knock me down. You know, when I think about church, church is not an individual sport. Church is a team sport. If you've ever joined a gym, you go to the gym where everyone's working out, find the treadmill or whatever you do, and then you put your headphones in, so what? You don't have to talk to anybody. Church is kind of like that. You all have your safe space. But at some point today, you need to talk to other people in the gym. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's in children's ministry. But you need fellowship. And the training is designed intentionally to throw you off your game. To make it hard for you. I heard an interview once with the coach of Michael Phelps. You know Michael Phelps, the swimmer? Record number of of medals in the Olympics. His coach would tell him, would, would told an interviewer once that competition is highly stressful. When they go to the meets, things can go wrong. The competition, everything. So he would train Michael to be able to handle stress. Once they went to a meet and he hid his goggles. So he had to swim without his goggles. And he won anyway. One time he picked him up late to travel to a meet, so they didn't have time to get dinner on the way. It threw up all of the pre-meet ritual routines and so stressed Michael out. No food, last-minute arrival at the meet, get there. It caused all this stress, and Michael had to learn how to handle it. So, real life is stressful. You're all shaking your head at me like, like I've just told you something brilliant. Real life is stressful. Say amen. Amen. But God is preparing you to be able to handle real life. Not a fake life. Not an isolated pretend life. Because the people that you will come in contact with out in the world who need to hear about the Lord, the Lord are stressed out. And the peace of God that is upon your life, Philippians 4, is what they need to know about. It's amazing to consider that when we have children, I have three adult daughters and now eight grandkids, that the talents are already in them when they're born have you looked at your kids when they you know do something two three four years old my little grandson teddy who is now how old wife three at two he could shoot a basketball practically from across the room and make it i'm thinking that's freaky that's like weird he could do that and so we give him the ball back again and he would do it again and you've done that with your kids you put them in different sports you put them in different situations and you go that's not it (laughs) that's probably not it maybe they try another sport and they go you say that's it that's it I my wife and I would take our granddaughter Audrey who is nine I can't keep track (laughs) thank you for coming today Audrey's nine we've been taking her to gymnastics and we look at all the kids out there in gymnastics and I remember there was one little girl that just had an aptitude for gymnastics she I mean really little girl she I could see it And so when class was over and she found her mother, I went and told her mother that your little girl has it. And this is worth your time to be here. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know that? Ephesians 1, 3. This whole chapter then in Philippians 2 is about four people. It is a letter, just kind of Paul updating some some information he wants the Philippians to know. But the question is, why? Last week, we looked at the first 11 verses. It's about Jesus Christ, verses 1 through 11. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's an amazing passage in the Bible. But now this is followed by the accounts of three more people. There is Jesus. Next, Paul is going to share something about himself. Then he's going to tell them about Timothy. And then lastly, he'll tell them about Epaphroditus, an elder from Philippi who brought a financial support to Paul in a Roman prison. Now, why is he telling them about these four people? Because these are four examples of people who have worked out or are working out the calling that God has placed on their life. And for all four of them, it required sacrifice, service, considering others better than themselves, taking time to serve others. As Jesus, being in the very form of God, became a man like us, humbled like us, became obedient to the point of death on the cross, Suffering on the cross being buried rising again from the deep. it's a summary of Jesus working out the very purpose of the father sending him into this world he worked it out he had to do it it's one thing to say this is what I'm called to do it's another to go do it but then the next example as I said verses 12 through 18 is the example of Paul Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do. Underline that. God is working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Because you might say, okay, I know what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do it. And God knows that, even as Jesus prayed in the garden at Gethsemane, Father, I need help. If there's any other other way, let this cup pass from me. And You know, Jesus found the will to do what the Father had sent him to do. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do, for his good pleasure, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. So that's you, verbatim church. God's purpose for you, as you, as we are working out what we're going through, is that this church would shine as lights to the community of Albany. Do you know that? What's going on here privately, people hear about out there. And how God is working is a testimony. To your community holding fast the word of life. Now, Paul talks about himself so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad. And rejoice with you all. Verse 18. For the same reason you also be glad. And rejoice with me. As I've said Paul is in a Roman prison cell. Doesn't know what's going to happen to him. And while the church at Philippi is stressed out about what's happening to Paul. Here's what he wants them to know. About his own working out of his salvation or his calling. He says, I'm glad to do it. It's worked out for the advancement of the gospel in the palace at Rome. It's strengthened the church, the other believers around the city of Rome. It's worked out for your engagement in my ministry. It's worked out for your prayers. It's strengthened you because now you have to pray for me. (laughs) That's how Paul saw things. If his own suffering benefited others, then he rejoiced. I have a confession to make. I am not like that. If my suffering benefits others, that's nice, but I'd like to get it over as soon as possible. So this personal information about Paul is because he's saying, I'm doing what I'm telling you to do. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's saying, I'm doing it. I am glad to do it. I'm doing it for you. Only here's what I want to know. Please tell me that my sacrifice and my labor is not in vain. I don't want to go through all of this suffering for nothing. Parents, how about that? You will give up anything for your kids. You will, you will labor. It's a labor of love. You will sacrifice. You'll be up in the middle of the night. They better turn out right. Right? Or they're going to owe you something. <laughs> they better turn out to be good kids, good adults. You are working out This thing you wanted to do. And that's all Paul is saying. The blessings are the church grows, they rejoice. And then the city of Philippi is blessed by having a strong church. And you remember that Philippi was the first Christian church in Europe. Paul went there on his missionary travels. And so Philippi was the first church. And this, this landmark church is a testimony to the other cities that will also, where the gospel will also spread. The third example of Philippians 2 is Timothy. And that's verses 19 through 24. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that he is a son with his father. As a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Verse 23, therefore, I hope to send him at once. As soon as I see how it goes with me, but I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. Now, it was on Paul's missionary travels that Paul came to where Timothy lived, the town of Lystra. It was there that Paul did miracles. He preached the gospel, the usual Ministry of the Apostle Paul, it was there that Timothy believed in the Lord, even though he learned the scriptures as a child from his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. It was at that point that he was born again under Paul's ministry. So Paul considered Timothy a son in the faith. Timothy had such knowledge and commitment to the scriptures that Tim that Paul had Timothy travel with him and his missionary travels that's that's an amazing Bible school experience and so Paul says I have no one who is more like-minded in spiritual things than Timothy who labors with me like a son in the faith he began this letter Paul and Timothy bond servants of Jesus Christ Philippians 2.20, I have no one like-minded. That phrase, like-minded, is important for us. And the question is, what does that mean? We, together, are becoming like-minded. In Luke 6.40, Jesus said something that, when I read it years ago, it just it just stuck with me. Luke 6.40, Jesus said, a disciple is not above his teacher but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher a disciple is not above his teacher but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher whoever has been a mentor influence in your life you become like them I I also uh, play music. I play drums. When I was in my early 20s, late teens, I studied with a couple of famous drummers growing up in Los Angeles. And even to this day, although this is now only 10 or 12 years later, you're supposed to laugh at that. Now that was 43 years ago when I was taking lessons from David Garibaldi, who was Tower Power's drummer. Uh, Before that, I studied with a guy named Roy Burns, who was Count Basie and Benny Goodman's drummer. To this day, I will do things on the drums that I know I stole from them. Now, I feel like it's mine. These are my licks. But I know exactly where I got it from. We become like... Our teachers. Now, obviously, we know what that means here. We are all to become like Jesus. We are all to become like Jesus. Paul became like Jesus, Timothy became like Paul, and we're all becoming like minded. We're all spending time in the gym together. Paul would say 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we're here together. We're working out together. Even passively as we're doing this together. We're becoming like each other. And so when Paul says I have no one more like-minded than Timothy... It's as good as sending Paul himself. And so Timothy has served. Timothy has left his home, has traveled, has endured the hardships of ministry. Timothy is another example of someone that the Philippians have benefited from of working out their salvation with fear and trembling. And lastly, someone they know personally, Epaphroditus, example number four, Verses 25 to to 30. Paul says, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I send him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ, he came close to death not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Now Epaphroditus was one of the elders from the church at Philippi. When the church heard that Paul was in prison and in need, they collected an offering and they sent it to Paul by this man Epaphroditus. And apparently somewhere, whether on the journey or getting to Rome, he became sick and almost died. The church at Philippi heard about it, and they became panicked. And so Paul is saying, I don't want you to be upset anymore, so I'm going to send him back to you. But obviously what they need to learn is that this man has has sacrificed, has suffered for their sake. And Paul is using uh, almost everything he can to get them to, to learn this principle. Whatever hardship they're going through, whatever suffering they're going through, others around them have suffered for them to bless them. It's amazing to me over my years of ministry how many people sacrificed to bless my family. I can look back and tell story after story after story. Even just a couple of weeks ago. Now I resigned from my church, Calvary Chapel, Portland, at the end of 2016. A man who was part of my church called me just a few weeks ago and says, I have an extra financial blessing to pass along. Terry, could you give me some some places where I can pass this money along to? Other people that I see rarely that were part of my church financially support my ministry so I can go out and do the ministry. It's amazing the sacrifice that people make for you, maybe in ways you don't even know it. Maybe you're the person who does the sacrificing, the serving, the giving. We all get our turns on either side of that story, either to be giving or receiving. And when it's your turn to receive, it's okay. It might make you uncomfortable to be on the receiving side, but it's really okay. That's how God is teaching you how much you need to also be a blessing to others. Philippians four eighteen and 19, as we wrap it up, Paul says, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Now remember, again, he's sitting in a Roman prison cell, chained to a Roman guard, and he says, I have all and abound. I am full, having re- received everything I need. Does that sound like a man who is complaining and feeling sorry for himself? Absolutely not. Jesus, Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, all lived by this principle that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And in this working out in or under hardship, God is working out of you, bringing out of you the thing that he's already put in you to do. The very thing you said, God, help me to know your calling for my life. He's going to do it through hard, maybe some hardship. Here's some questions as we wrap it up. And I'm going to have the, the worship team come up. When we go through passages like this, it has to be more than you say, Wow, that was amazing. I never knew that before. Wow, that's an amazing definition for that word. Or that's interesting to know that about the history of Philippi. All of this comes around to application for us. And so there's simple questions. What is God working out in your life? You probably already know. And when I ask these questions, I look around the room and many of you are shaking your head. It does you no good to resist what God is trying to do in your life. It doesn't get you anywhere in life. You resist, but I don't want to, but that's hard. You try and figure out the whole thing before you just say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And eventually you get so tired of resisting that you say, okay, whatever. I'll do it. You know, we're all pretty stubborn. And when you get there, you will think, what took me so long? Because God is doing things, I love this phrase, according to his good pleasure. I want you to know that the very thing that looks hard to you is God's good pleasure. It means God is not making things hard to make you suffer. He's trying to get you onto something that's better. So just cooperate. Just cooperate with the coach. Okay? I know you got that trick. Now we're going to do this. I know it's hard, but we're not going to keep doing the things you already know how to do. As soon as I would learn a, a beat perfectly that was so intricate at, at, at one of my teacher's lessons, I would go, oh, man, I got it. I nailed this. It would write a pattern out, and it would take all of my limbs doing three things each, and I'm going, I got it. I'm amazing. he would go, great. Now let's shift the beat. And let's, now let's do it. And I couldn't do it. So, God is going to keep things shifting, keep things moving, because he is working things out of you to bring you to his good pleasure in your life. What is God working out in your life? Here's another question. Is your Christianity a team sport or an individual sport? Well, I'm going to go home and pray about that. Or you might say, ask somebody else to to pray for you about that. And the third and most important question are you becoming like Jesus? Because the disciple has to become like the teacher.